Before we jump into the show, I want to let you know that Podcast Branding Academy is now open. This is my online school for podcasters. That's right. For any podcasters, new or old, looking to learn the latest approaches to branding, marketing, and audience growth, we offer group coaching through an easy monthly membership. Don't have a podcast yet? We've got you covered too. Grab our free podcasting 101 starter kit. Go to podcastbrandingacademy.com. Before July 1st, for our founding members discount, you'll also get live trainings, video tutorials, workbooks, one-on-one coaching, and more. You don't want to miss this. Head to podcastbrandingacademy.com. Brands on Brands. Hey there, this is Chip Walker, uh, Chief Strategy Officer at Strawberry Frog, uh, here on the Brands on Brands podcast to talk about um, our new book. It's called Activate Brand Purpose, Harnessing the Power of Movements to Transform Your Company. In a world where content is king and your reputation is your brand, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands, a home for those that think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here is your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 what's up? Welcome to Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal branding coach. And today is an interview show. Today we are talking all about activating your brand purpose with Chip Walker. Chip Walker is based in New York. He's the head of strategy and partnership at Strawberry Frog, an ad agency in New York. He's recognized for his expertise in brand creation and reinvention. He has led the change in transforming brands such as Goldman Sachs, Lexus, Bank of America, Jim Bean, and Heineken. He's a frequent speaker and writer. You have seen his writings in places like Adweek, AdMap, Chicago Tribune, and CNBC. And he is the co-author of the book, Activate Brand Purpose, How to Harness the Power of Movement to Transform Your Company. He is the author of Activate Brand Purpose, How to Harness the Power of Movements to Transform Your Company, which came out in March of 2021. You guys got to check this out. Him and Scott Goodson wrote a great book, and you can catch that at activatebrandpurpose.com or at strawberryfrog.com if you guys are curious about their agency and their thinking. And today we dive into the ideas behind how to activate brand purpose. We do go into how to come up with it, like how does one build that, but also not just how do you build it, but how do you build it in a way that you can then take action on it, get the whole organization involved, and not just have an idea of a purpose, but really start to live it in your organization and bring it to life. That's what we cover today. Lots of great tips and stories of companies that have done that from Chip Walker. And I hope you guys enjoy the lessons that we have for you guys today. Check it out. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get going. I'm excited to welcome our guest, Chip Walker, to the show today. Chip, thank you for being here first and foremost. Thanks so much, Brandon. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, the reason I'm excited is today we get to talk about purpose-driven brands how to activate purpose and the power of community, culture, and societal movements. I know that sounds like a lot, but let's start with the concept to get people warmed up here, just about purpose-driven brands. I know we've heard of them, but to you, what is a purpose-driven brand and why do they matter? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've been doing sort of brand strategy and working in uh, on Madison Avenue for my, my whole career. So, uh, for for most of the time for me coming up, uh, we talked about brand positioning, which I'm, I'm sure is a concept you you and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have, have are very familiar with. So that's really kind of about getting inside somebody's head and owning real estate in their brain uh, for your brand, like. Coca-Cola stands for X or Nike stands for Y. So you, you're using media dollars to get in and, as I said, own real estate in their brain. And, you know, that that's still a concept that's resonant. But I, I think that what's uh, eclipsed that concept in very recent years, I'd say certainly the past five, is this notion that brands need to think and companies need to think bigger than that about their brand to think not only um, how are we going to manipulate people into, you know, having the perceptions we want them to have, but rather, you know, what is it that we do beyond making money? So, yes, we're here for, as a for-profit company to make money. But um, what is our greater mission in the world? And um, consumers and stakeholders throughout society kind of expect that of companies these days. If you're going to operate in society, you need to do something except take. You need to show what it is you, you do uh, above and beyond, as I said, just making money. And that, that's really what brand purpose is all about. So and how do you differentiate? Because I think a lot of people, they go to that idea of what is our mission and what is like our vision. But purpose seems a little more, uh, I guess there's a reason behind it. So how do you mm-hmm. differentiate when you're talking to brands about their, their, you know, they might already have a mission and value. So how do you build your purpose into that? Yeah, there's a lot of like back and forth and craziness around, oh, what is purpose? What is his vision, mission? And people get them all mixed up. I mean, the way I tend to think about it, the simplest way is that, you know, vision is kind of that North Star about, you know, who do you want to, where do you ultimately want to go? If, if the if the world is, uh, you know, a better place as you see it, what, what does that look like? That's, that's a vision of the future. Uh, purpose is why you exist. Why, why are you here on, on this planet? Uh, and, um, and, and as you said, it, it said, it answers that underlying question about, about uh, who you are and, and why you're here. Mission tends to be often more about how you're going to go about that. So, so as I said, you know, purpose is the, is, the, is the why that sort of supports that vision of where you ultimately want to go. What I like is that there's there, you know, we, we have these goals that seem to be connecting more with the values of, of the company, but also with what starts with the values of, you know, us as people. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, you work with a lot of organizations that have to accomplish this. And, you know, I think with people, it seems easy. Like I, as a person, you know, me finding purpose as a person seems easier than a company or a business figuring out, like, how do, how do we as a company authentically do this? Let's start with, before we get into like, how do you make it happen, just how does a brand find its purpose and get clear on that? Because it's a lot of people and you know, an organization is a, is a, has a lot of kind of factors that go into it. So how does an organization go about finding their brand purpose? Yeah, well, I mean, for, for me, uh, the, the right way to think about purpose happens at the intersection of two things. Uh, one is your underlying business and what it, what it is you do, you know, what, what business are you in? And think of that as a circle that has a concentric circle with um, how is it that you're, uh, you, you have ability to make the world a better place. Um, and I feel like the intersection of those two things is usually the sweet spot for where a company's purpose lives. Because the problem is if you, if you end up with a purpose that's all about making the world a better place, but people cannot tell how it's connected to your business, 
your employees, the public, everybody, it's a bit of a head scratcher. And we, we can talk about some examples of that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, um, my favorite example, I, I feel bad for picking on them because I think they may have moved on now, but there was, uh, there's this example I saw a couple of years ago. It was for um, the Planters brand. You know, uh, they, they make uh, different kind of nuts and nut snacks and mixes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, quick snack mixes, yep. Yeah, they had come up with this uh, new brand called N- Nutrition, like N-U-T, like nut and then nutrition kind of merged. Mm-hmm. And it came out as a purposeful brand whose uh, mission, whose purpose was all about helping promote equal gender pay, uh, which is a great, I mean, it's great. Like who, who's not in favor of like equal pay. But uh, I think when a lot of people saw that they, it was, it was like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. But why, why is this nut brand telling me this? It doesn't seem to have anything to do with who they are. Uh, it was funny because they came out with a statement that said it's because unequal pay is nuts. That was their connection. But you know, clearly that's like a very tenuous link. So, but if you think about a brand like um, Verizon, uh, whose purpose is about building the networks that move the world forward. Okay. That makes sense. I, I, networks can make the world a better place and they build them. Okay. If you think about UPS moving the world forward by delivering what matters. Okay, that makes sense. I get it. It's a connection between your business and your larger role in the world. So, so that that's typically my advice for a company is to, to make sure first and foremost that you're you're hitting that overlap between your your business and and making the world a better place. And I think what that can do is to to help keep you from being seen as inauthentic or just kind of a purpose washer. Yeah. And I, I think we've seen, uh, there's a lots of great examples and you don't even know they're happening when they do, but I remember like one of the biggest, earliest ones, when I remember seeing the, the Dove campaign come out with like what, you know, like what real beauty looks like early on. I remember that hitting me my, and me thinking, being someone in advertising, like, why isn't, why haven't they done this forever? And why isn't everyone talking like this and connecting like what their lane is, what their industry is with what people are looking for it to be. And I know Tom Shoes was one of those big businesses that said like, hey, we can be profitable and help people. But, you know, like every shoe we, we sell, we'll give one to another, you know, we'll give one to people who don't have shoes. Exactly. And there's a business model that supports that. But let's talk about that a little bit. Is this something that like is a motivation enough to a corporation that has a lot of stakeholders? Is wanting to do good enough to support a business? Well, uh, I, I, for, for most of the um, clients I've worked with in defining purpose, their motivation hasn't just been about doing good, although that's part of it, uh, just because they, they often believe that their business does serve a, a greater good in the world besides just making money. But beyond that, there are all kinds of other, often more urgent reasons to rally around a common purpose, uh, not least of which is employee engagement and motivation. I mean, people these days are looking for a reason to want to get up and go to work every day that's meaningful. Um, you know, and employee engagement numbers in the country, even before COVID, were dismal, particularly for large companies. So uh, what, what purpose can do is to, to, to give people that reason to, to, to sort of see why what they do and why what the company does is meaningful. So that's a huge one. It also can help align all of your stakeholders. If you're the CEO, to get everybody marching in the direction about so here's what we do, here's what we're about, here, here's our focus, whether you're an internal stakeholder or an external stakeholder or a shareholder. 
So in addition to just doing good, there are a lot of things about purpose that are just very, very good for the business period. It seems like there's also an alignment between like, instead of just having customers, having loyal customers or having fans or having advocates that are, you know, an extension of your business that become like the voice of telling other people like, Hey, I believe in this company. And it's hard to get there if you don't have something that's just you solving a problem and providing a solution. Right. Something that's more inspiring and make people feel like they kind of want to be part of it. Yeah. Now this idea of purpose, obviously this has been around for a while. It's not a new concept. I think a lot of brands and businesses and people are aware like that they should be thinking about their values and their purpose. But what I like is you guys wrote this book and it, starts to tap into this question, which is like, why is it so hard to take action and make a meaningful difference? Uh, And the book is called Activate Brand Purpose. You guys can check that out at activatebrandpurpose.com if you're curious, or just go to strawberryfrog.com. But let's dive into that a little bit. Since this isn't new, why are they, and people might even have gotten to the point where they're like, hey, I know what my purpose is. What is stopping them? Or why is it so hard to take action and make a meaningful difference? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my business partner, Scott Goodson, and I, um, we started noticing, I'd say in around 2017, 2018, as we, we had um, senior executives and companies that we were talking to. And the, the, the topic just kept, kept coming up over and over again, that people wanted to talk about purpose and some help with purpose. And the thing that we noticed was that often the companies had already had like a consultant or somebody come in to lead them through a purpose exercise. And in fact, they might have had that happen more than once. So we would hear things like, okay, well, a year ago we developed a purpose, uh, but it didn't really go anywhere. And so then we developed another one and we're still not sure what to do with it. I bet you the next day of both of those occurrences, they were like, they were feeling great. Yeah. And then they got back to work. (laughs) Right, exactly. And uh, I think so. So what the, the, and I think one of the issues is that purpose is by its nature lofty. It, it operates way up in the stratosphere. So a lot of times you will develop a purpose statement and it sounds right and it sounds good. But when you really go back to the, to the ranch and start thinking about, okay, what do we do now? You're just a little bit stumped. And that's kind of the reason that we wrote this book. So Strawberry Frog had been a company that had pioneered this notion of uh, sparking a movement, having a having brand spark spark a movement, uh, which is really uh, about a way to galvanize people around a shared purpose. So it always been Strawberry Frog's philosophy. But all of a sudden, we were starting to see when, when clients came to us saying, we don't know how to activate our purpose, that this notion of movement was was really um, a, a great answer to that. And that's really because, you know, you, it's hard to join a purpose, but you can join a movement inspired by a purpose. Uh, in fact, that's really what a movement is. As I said, it's a collection of individuals rallying around a shared purpose to try to create change together because it's something that they believe in. Um, and so um, and maybe I can give you an example uh, of one client that we were working with uh, to, to illustrate this notion between purpose being lofty and a way to kind of translate it into movement terms that make it easier to act on. So uh, one such client was uh, a bank, a large bank called SunTrust. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, uh, they recently merged with another bank called BB&T or now called Truist, which we still work with them. But they came to us in, I think, 2015 or so, and they had developed a purpose that they were very excited about and proud of. It was called Lighting the Way to Financial Well-Being. 
which sounds great. I mean, who doesn't want to have the way lit to financial well-being for them? But again, it was this issue of, uh, okay, well, if I'm a teller, so now what do I do? Uh, if I'm a banker, what do I do? If I'm uh, in IT, what do I do? So um, we put purpose through the lens of what we call movement thinking. And what movement thinking tries to do is to figure out, well, is there some sort of dissatisfaction in the world in and around this purpose that we have as a company? Uh, is there an enemy that uh, we can fight as a shared collective to try to get to this goal? And if so, what kind of a stand do we want to take in the world? And I think what we started to realize that as of around 2000, a big problem in the world in and around financial well-being was that a lot of people had never really recovered from the Great Recession. You know, you saw in the news how so many people couldn't come up with $400 in an emergency. I mean, the recovery was just very, very, very uneven. So that, that was kind of a, a, a grouse that, that we had in the world as, as, a, as a company wanting to help people have well-being. And we saw that the enemy that's standing in the way of greater well-being was this incredible financial stress people were feeling, having trouble living from paycheck to paycheck, always feeling a lot of anxiety around money. So we decided that maybe the right thing to do was to take a stand for greater financial confidence for all Americans, be able to overcome that stress and get to well-being. So all of a sudden, we started we thinking about the movement we wanted to lead as one, as I said, for financial confidence for all Americans. So when we started to reframe their purpose in, in those terms around financial confidence, all of a sudden, if I'm a teller and I wake up in the morning, I start to say, okay, when I interact with customers today, I'm going to figure out how I can help make them more financially confident. If I'm a banker and I'm creating a new product, a new digital product, I'm going to try to gear it around things that we can do to make help people overcome their anxiety and become more financially confident and so on and so on and so on. Um, but it turned out to be something that was really easy for employees to understand. It tied back to things that they already kind of knew how to do, like helping uh, people pick the right products, helping them do financial education, uh, et cetera. Uh, and before you know it, they were really getting much better employee engagement scores. Uh, and uh, they really rallied around this movement. We call it the movement on up, which is short for onwards and upwards. But ultimately, we had um, it was not just for folks internally at the bank. Uh, it was an external movement uh, for my financial confidence for uh, the general public. We ended up within five years getting about six million people who were part of it, uh, and it was uh, it was a huge success for them. But it's just an example of taking something lofty like lighting the way to financial being and translating it down into human terms like financial confidence that that are a little bit easier for people to understand and act on. But what movement thinking is all about? Yeah, I, I like the example. I think it's, it lays out how you take something lofty that, and you turn it into something that seems more actionable. But it got me thinking. So looking back, it's easy to explain. But if someone's getting started, maybe they've defined their purpose. How do they take action and say, okay, I want to implement something like they talked about on the show today? Are there some steps that you had to go through to get them from just having an idea and then getting to the point of where the employees understood what was happening and the action felt less lofty until, you know, and then it started to tie their market. Like, it sounds like a pretty long process, but are there some simple steps to get people moving just away from just the idea? So do you mean like tactically, like, or, or yeah. do you mean more conceptually? Right. Cause they can hire you to work with you to do this, 
But if they had to start to move there on themselves, like if they had to just start to think, okay, I want to be more actionable. Like this struck a chord with me today. And I want to take this idea I have or this purpose I have and actually I want to put it to work and actually do what they talked about today. Is this something anyone can can execute, anyone can do? Or is it is this like a multi-stage, multi-month process that's like super complicated? Well, I think getting to an actionable concept is 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 not a multi-step process. I mean, as I said, we tend to think that there are sort of four steps to it, to, to getting the idea right. And, and to me, that is the, the, the single most important thing you can do is to frame the idea so that it's less lofty and it's easier to see what to do with it. And there's sort of four pieces to that. We usually say, figure out what is the dissatisfaction that you have in the world? All movements start with some sort of a grievance. So what's the dissatisfaction that you and your followers uh, all agree on? What is the desired change you'd like to see in the world? What's the enemy standing in the way of that change? And then what's the stand you're going to take to overcome the enemy? So for example, if we think about smart car, which is a car we launched, you know, the tiny little smart car uh, that uh, looks like a, I don't know, a roller skate or something. Um, You know, it was initially uh, came to the market. I think a lot of people thought that it was really about more convenient parking and uh, being cheap. And we really helped them sort of think through that there's a dissatisfaction out in the world of their, especially for urban dwellers who really are the, the market smart car. And there are all these wasteful, gigantic SUVs and giant cars that hog the road, cause a lot of pollution. You can't find any place to park. And they're just, um, they're a blight. So that was kind of the dissatisfaction that we identified for SMART. Uh, the desired change was to really kind of maybe be, a, be an uh, automotive company that helped restore the urban landscape to a more pristine condition where it wasn't crowded with all these bloated SUVs. So the enemy that we came up with we, was really just stupidly overconsuming. And the stand we had was for smarter, more conscious consuming. And the movement we ended up developing was called Against Dumb. And dumb was the shorthand for just being a st- stupidly and blindly overconsuming all the time. And all of a sudden, it became a reason to buy this car that uh, w- w- was it cheaper? Yes. Was it more easy to park? Yes. But it gave it a larger reason. It gave you a larger reason to, to want to buy and to kind of participate in a larger idea in and around this company. And it was easy for not only employees to know, okay, well, how, how do we talk about this uh, vehicle? How do we build features and whatnot in and around it? Uh, but also something that was really easy for actual automotive consumers to want to participate in because it was a larger idea. So once we'd sort of framed things that way, it became a lot easier to see what to do. Yeah. Well, I hope people can like look back at, at what we've been talking about today because there, I think there's some lessons in here that if they are getting started, there's, you know, there's the idea that if they're not exactly in their right lane, like if their, their purpose doesn't align with their business, that could be a problem. And getting that, those things in alignment sounds like definitely a core pillar to this. Yeah. And then making sure that there's something actionable, like you guys talk about with your, with thinking of it as a movement uh, and taking those principles from societal movements and applying them, uh, making sure it's something people can actually kind of take part in. Uh, is a huge concept. So I hope they've been getting it because I think these examples are, are are great ways to to shine a light on that. Are there any other common mistakes that that like things to avoid, or is it really those two main things? Well, I mean, the things that we see, I feel like over and over again that happen it, it are, are 
a little bit that, that some people just they, they they stop too soon you know they they develop a purpose it's on their website it's on the coffee mug but they they, they ask the why question but then they they don't really go any further than that so that's a biggie you know the, the purpose washing is is a big issue in that you know we saw year a few years ago Gillette came out with this big ad campaign about toxic masculinity that I think struck a lot of people as just is this probably an issue in society? I mean, probably does Gillette really have the right to be talking about this? Is and is is that um I mean they they've never seemed to seem to come out of nowhere. Uh and I think struck people as maybe just maybe a grasp for attention. So I think that's another issue. Yeah, I mean, having an authentic reason, like I think judging that, I think you really like bringing enough people in to communicate in your organization so that you can feel like, does this really feel authentic to our business? Seems huge. Cause I think there's a lot of companies that have been given the assignment of being purposeful and, and as opposed to figuring out like, what do we stand for and how do we help? I think that's, that's, that mistakes happen a lot out there. Well, sure. and, and another issue that we see, and, and one of the things that I think this focus on purpose has done for us is that it's led us to be talking not simply to the chief marketing officer in the company, which was typically our purview, but also often to the CEO, to the CHRO, just because uh, purpose has implications that are way, way beyond marketing. They're much bigger. Um, so I'd say another issue that we've seen, though, is that when especially if the purpose initiative is just really being driven by marketing, that it can sometimes get launched out in the world to the public, but the company doesn't take the time to make sure that people inside really feel it, live it, believe it. And which can, you know, create a disconnect, particularly if, um, if there are, uh, if, if you're like a retail company where uh, the public's uh, interacting with your, your employees all the time. Yeah, getting buy-in absolutely from the whole from the whole organization like seems like a big communication uh, challenge. But like being able to do that authentically and get everyone on on, on board, it's got to be top down. I imagine at that point. Well, it's got top down, but middle management plays a huge role as well. If middle because if things never reach the bottom, sometimes if middle management hasn't hasn't sure. <laughs> gotten gotten involved. Yeah, so I think I think we've got a lot of. Uh, it, like a lot that people can take with them today. I also think if people really want to do this, putting themselves into the space more and understanding like how have other people done it, what feels authentic to us uh, is part of it. And I think you guys do a good job. Uh, you guys have a, you know, obviously read the book that, that lays out a lot more examples, a lot more of the ideas top to bottom. And people can start taking that action. If you guys go to activatebrandpurpose.com, how, how to harness the power of movements to transform your company. This book, I think lays it out pretty well. They also have the podcast, which they're doing another season this year. It's called Planet Purpose with Scott Goodson, Yolanda White, and Chip Walker. You can check that out or go to strawberryfrog.com. They have a lot of case studies laid out there. Uh, anything you have coming up that you guys are excited about? Yeah, yeah. We've, uh, for the last couple of years, we've done uh, what we call this, uh, called the Purpose Power Summit, uh, which is going to be happening on May 24th. So it's a free virtual event that you can register for. And uh, basically we have top leaders from companies like last year, we had Hans Vesterberg, the CEO of Verizon. We had um, CEOs from some major companies, representatives from companies like UPS and HP. This year, I know we're having, uh, we've got a really interesting lineup. We have folks from, uh, for example, um, 
the one of the top executives from Rent the Runway is going to be on on our panel talking about their sort of crusade against fast fast fashion. Wow. So in a bunch of other really interesting purpose-driven companies of all sizes, small, medium, and large, some startups and some giant behemoths. And uh, I think it's going to be, I think, 10 to 12 speakers over, a, I think, a three or four hour period. Uh, but we've just had, we had a great response in the last couple of years. So we're doing this again. It's co-sponsored with Inc. Magazine, but uh, I, I think it, it could well be worth your time and, and uh, maybe worth uh, checking out. Absolutely. And the, uh, in association with that, it's a uh purposepowerindex.com, but we'll have an actual link to the event itself uh, in the show notes when this goes out live. And I, I, the other thing I wanted to mention is that we do a research study for, we've done it for the, each of the past couple of years. Strawberry Frog does it in conjunction with a research partner. Uh, it's called the Purpose Power Index. We first did it in 2019, but it's a study of uh, each year, five to 7,000 uh, consumers asking them which brands they see to be the most purposeful are driven by higher purpose. So we did in 2019, uh, we did it again in 2021 after the pandemic, we saw that things shifted dramatically post the pandemic. So it's about to go into the field right now and we'll be revealing the year three results of what are the top most purposeful brands in, in the United States on May 24th. Yeah, I definitely checked that out. What I thought from looking at the past ones is that what's surprising is you think that it's just small organizations that can be nimble enough to move an organization into something like a purpose-driven uh, philosophy or project. And it's not, I mean, some of the most purpose-driven brands were really big companies on this list. I thought, I found that surprising. They were in 2021. I, I think in 2019, out of the top 10 companies, I think two were like 10 billion or greater in revenue. In 2021, eight out of 10 were $10 billion greater in revenue. So we had a few of the pharma companies moved up. We had giant uh, brands like Tesla and SpaceX. So it just goes to show that while, while there are still a bunch of smaller brands like Seventh Generation and brands like that, uh, that sort of have a social mission, Tom's the shoe brand. So smaller brands uh, have access to being a top purpose brand, but so do some big ones. Yeah, absolutely. So no excuses, guys, no excuses. You can't be out there making a difference uh, as well. And by the way, like when you do that, suddenly you're excited about the job you're doing. You're excited to go to work. You're excited that the work you're doing is meaningful. So there's, there's motivation to get this process started. Uh, and if you need help, obviously the, the guys here at Strawberry Frog are experts in this space as well. So Chip, uh, anything else you want to, uh, A, give us a place to connect with you with, or that you want to tell us about before we uh, uh, let you go today? No, if anybody wants to connect, please feel free either just on LinkedIn. I'm very easy to find. Or if you just want to email me at chip at strawberryfrog.com. If you have questions or just want to say, hey, uh, that, that, that'd be great. And I'd say the only other thing I'd mention is just that, um, especially if you're uh, like a solopreneur or you know, run a small consulting uh, or, or a small business. Um, and you, you might not want to hire an agency like, like ours, or, or you might, might really kind of want to start this journey on your own. Uh, we wrote our book to sort of be self-guided. So um, have a look. And I think some of the things that we've talked about, we can kind of guide you through so that you can kind of do it yourself and uh, get started on that uh, purpose uh, journey. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Again, it's Activate Brand Purpose at activatebrandpurpose.com. You can also find it at strawberryfrog.com. I uh, appreciate you. Thanks for taking the time to uh, sit with us today and talk through this, Chip. Thanks so much, Brandon. It's been great. Uh, really a big pleasure being here. Thank you. 
Appreciate it. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to follow Chip, connect with Chip, and let us know what you liked about the episode and continue to build your brand, move it forward and make a difference. Appreciate you guys listening and we'll catch you next time. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to help you build a brand that matters. Head over to BrandsOnBrands.com for resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit BrandsOnBrands.com.